0: Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. Hi friends and welcome. I'm glad you're here. This is episode 46 of the podcast Weight Loss and Wellness for Real with Heather Heinen. Uh, we are going to talk today all about calories and how the calories in versus calories out model that so many of us are used to using to try to take weight off um, is probably not the best way to be looking at things, and how there's maybe a better way to look at things in order to lose weight a little more quickly, a little more steadily. And also to keep it off for good. So we will get into that in just a moment. First, just a couple of things. You can head over to my website at heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. From there, you can sign up for a monthly newsletter that I send out with all things on well-being. Usually has some discount codes as well with companies that I'm working with. You can also, from that website, get to my social media handles, and you can also get in touch with me and ask any questions that you might want me to include on this podcast or on my other podcast uh, called Intermittent Fasting with Heather Heinen. Um, I really enjoy getting those questions and uh, using them within my podcast, knowing that that's sort of the information that at least one of you is wanting to hear about. So please get in touch with me. When you do email your questions to me, please include if I can say your name. I only say first names on air. Um, Or if you want to remain anonymous, that is totally fine. I will keep you anonymous. Um, Another thing on that website, there is a page called Journal, which is uh, just like a blog, but a little bit more personal to me. Uh, So there's information and um, just things. I'm thinking on uh, things in regards to all things we're talking about here. So it's a lot of how-tos on things, a lot of mental, emotional Uh, physical, optimizing weight, how-tos. And then also from that page, there's a drop-down menu there uh, called Things I Like. And from there, you can also um, see the things that I'm really into. The Beauty Counter link is there, as well as Fizzy Vantage, as well as just books that I've really uh, enjoyed. So anyway, if you're bored, you can head over there and find some books to read, I guess. Uh, also, one last thing, would just really like to invite you over to our Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle for Weight Loss Maintenance and Health Facebook group if you are into intermittent fasting at all or just want to learn a little bit more about it. Um, there's lots of things you can sift through there that give tips and tricks, uh, just things like that that come up when you are getting into intermittent fasting. It's also a way if you want to join, you can just kind of look around. You don't have to contribute, but just see if it might be something that might be for you. So again, that group is called Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle for Weight Loss, Maintenance, and Health. Okay, so let's move on to the huge controversial topic of the day, calories. If you are in the nutrition, weight loss, optimal health world at all, you will be familiar with the controversy surrounding calories. There seem to be, I would say, two really distinct camps out there who really shout the loudest, so who we hear the most from. The first camp being the one that says the only thing that matters for weight loss is calories. This is the calories in, calories out model. And the one that most of us have known for most of our lives. So any of us who are in their 30s and older and have struggled with weight have been taught that a pound equals 3,500 calories. And so to lose a pound a week, we need to either take out 500 calories of food every day or burn, in quotation marks, 500 extra calories a day or a combination of the two. Like, you know, run on the treadmill for an hour um and then you know to burn 200 calories and then decrease food intake by 300 calories every day and if you do these things you will lose a pound of fat in a week the other camp was spearheaded by Gary Taub some years ago with his book Good Calories Bad Calories and that's a great book by the way it's pretty technical but it's um very very interesting and um he has so many resources in there it's a, it's a great book and in a nutshell he kind of what the book is he's he's very against low fat diets and that obesity is caused not by the not by the quantity of the calories you eat but by the quality now that book is really good there are some things in there um like with what we know now, because that book was released a while ago. So with what we know now, you know, I wouldn't agree agree with everything that he's saying in there. But in general, that book kind of started this other sort of shift, um, you know, that it's not just about calories, but, you know, the quality of the calories and you shouldn't be low fat. And anyway, that's where it sort of started. So the two camps of the calories, you know, the, they are saying these are the only things that matter for weight loss. Um, sorry, the calories in, calories out model is saying that is the only thing that matters for weight loss. And then the other camp is saying, nope, the quality of the food is all that matters. And I would say there are flaws in both of those. And, and that's what we're going to talk about. And And the reason I want to talk about this is because how we... If we are struggling to lose weight and or optimize some health markers or just get healthier, then understanding what actually happens in our bodies, um, in order, you know, what's going on that actually puts on the weight, then what do we actually need to do to take the weight off? And there's lots of nuances around this. And I think it's really important to understand that neither of these models are probably very useful or very practical. So that's what we're going to get into. You all might also remember, sure many of you have done this over the years, I know I definitely have, where you use a formula to find out how many calories you are burning in a day. So you would plug, I don't even remember the formula, but you would plug in your weight your height, your activity level, and it shoots out how many calories you're burning in a day. And from that number of calories you now believed you were burning every day. If you were trying to lose weight, you would start tracking calories and trying to burn more and eat less of them to drop some pounds. So for many of the us, you know, this worked for a time, meaning and honestly this does work for most people for a time, meaning we did drop weight. But for most of us, it didn't work. Um, you know, didn't drop weight, maybe even gained weight. But beyond that, for most of us, it worked for a while. But eventually, the weight came back on, which really means that method actually did not work, right? Because we are always looking for long term weight loss, fat loss. We are not looking for something that works for a while and then stops working. And then, like I said, also there are some people who would follow this formula and gain weight or not lose weight. So the question is why? Why doesn't counting calories work? So there are some reasons that counting, cal- ca- counting calories in and counting calories out does not work long-term. So we're let's talk about a few of those. So the first reason I'm going to talk about is actually in general, something I am constantly focused on. And I know this comes from being a therapist. Um, so I have always, I mean, even since I was, I can remember feeling this way when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. But when people say things to other people or use very blanket statements about fixing something or changing something. So an example would be the one I hear a lot of, is well you just you just have to let it go just let it go and that statement drives me insane and the reason is is because when I hear things like that given as advice I immediately and this was me as a young kid too would go to well how I mean that's great I'd I'd love to let that go or whatever it is but how? How do I actually do that? So You know, and I'm sure if you've been listening to this for a while, if you're a client of mine, you know I'm this way. I am very into the practicality of things. I don't like to offer things or teach things that don't have the how to actually do it. You know, I want people to actually be able to change their lives. And in order to do this, me included, we have to understand the steps, the how to's to actually get there. So very focused on the practicality of everything. Um, When we're talking about calories in, calories out, and why it does not work long term, you know what happens, many people start out motivated and really strong and see initial results with this method, but because we are human beings, we eventually come across a stressful day or a week or or we go on vacation not stressful but we go on vacation our schedule and routine is changed we we may simply get bored or tired of counting calories every day now i have seen some people count calories or points if you were ever into weight watchers you know what i'm talking about here for years and years and if that works for you that is great but that is the minority The majority of us may do it for a while, but eventually we stop. Some of us even count calories, but continue to gain weight or at least not lose weight. And this is extremely frustrating as well and sends most of us into that shame cycle, which leads us to giving up and saying, screw it until we get to a spot where we can't stand our bodies anymore, and then we start the whole calories counting spiral all over again. So our first reason counting calories does not work long term, yes, again, it can work in the short term, but we are looking for lasting weight loss, is because of the practical implications and just our nature as human beings. Another practical reason counting calories doesn't work long term for people is compliance because we have a lot of research that points to we as humans report and count wrong. (laughs) Even if we count calories in, calories out to lose weight, most of us as humans will under report what we consume and we will over report how much we are expending, you know, how much we're working out or. You know, how many calories we think we're burning on that 20-minute jog. By the way, whatever you think you're burning on that 20-minute jog, cut it in half because that's probably more the reality. Uh, What many, many studies have confirmed over and over is that unless you are weighing and measuring every bite you put in your mouth, you will underreport how much you are eating. And this leads to data that is incorrect and therefore you will eat beyond the total number of calories you need, in quotation marks, to be eating to lose weight. And also, many people will use the, this goes back to the comment I made, the the calories burned on their Fitbit or the readout on the treadmill. And we now know those numbers are incredibly flawed. One example is a treadmill that will tell you you burn 200 calories by walking on it for 10 minutes. First of all, the energy you expend walking for 10 minutes for most of us would never equal 200 calories burned. But beyond that, energy expenditure has everything to do with your own personal height, weight, what your metabolic rate is, how you process food, how you process specific foods. Um, The treadmill cannot give your personal exact number of energy expended. Research has also shown that even today's best gadgets that we wear are very, very off in the number of calories it will tell us we burned on a long run or working out, I won't with my clients. I won't allow them to plug in any calories burned via exercise from their Fitbit um, or anything like that. They they are not allowed to use any of that data. They are just working out, or they are moving, or they are walking, or they are not exercising. I have lots of clients who don't don't exercise purposefully at all, um, but the ones who do. We do not, that is just for them to do, to stay healthy, um, to keep movement going. We do not get into any data with calories burned um, when it comes to that stuff, when it comes to those things. One other reason counting calories does not work long term, we now know that quality of food does matter. This goes back to um, Gary Tobbs and many others. Uh, since him talking about this. So, quick example here we know that protein takes more energy to digest than carbs or fat for most people. It's also very satiating for most people. So, for an example, you know, we have two identical twins. One eats 1500 calories, where 40% of those are protein and the rest is carbs and fat. The other twin eats 10% protein and eats the rest in carbs and fat. The one consuming the higher ratio of, of protein will not only lose extra pounds, but they will be made up of more actual fat versus the lower protein twin who may lose weight, but the weight will also be lots of muscle. And when we lose muscle, we lower our metabolic rate. Okay. More muscle burns more energy. So, so now, you know, that twin is going to start to stall out and have to eat even less to continue to lose weight or even maintain their weight. So here's where our macronutrient ratios do matter. And I'm going to talk about this for just a sec, counting macros. So counting macros is similar, yet a little different to counting calories. I do often start my clients off with counting macros if they want to. And here's why. When we do count calories or macros, the one initial benefit is getting mindful of what we are eating. It also teaches us how much energy is in the, in a food we choose to eat. I choose to have my clients count macros, and again, only if they want to. Some want to. Others have no desire to do this, so we use other methods to help them drop weight. But if they want to, I do use macros instead of calories because I know if I can get them eating in a ratio of protein, carbs, and fats that works for their unique body, I can help them stay satiated longer, feel more energy, kept their m- metabolic rate high, get more compliance. But it's also about teaching them what macronutrients are in each food. So it's sort of this educational process at first um, and how then they can learn how to manipulate that for, for life. You know, So they may be able to stop counting macros for a while and things are great and something may come up in life 10 years down the road where they've put on some extra weight for whatever reason And they can go back and, you know, they now know they've been educated on how to use different macronutrients um, to take those couple of pounds off and to get back to maintenance. With that said, the ultimate goal is to have my clients stop counting and recording their food eventually and just live more intuitively with food. But learning to be an intuitive eater is a skill and needs to be practiced and learned. and, And that takes some lessons along the way. So you might be thinking, okay, so calories don't matter, but they actually do. If we ingest too many calories of anything, including protein, then what our unique body needs, we will gain weight, but it doesn't mean that a calorie is defined in the way that we've always been taught. So there is extreme nuance here, and I really believe a paradigm shift is absolutely is it's really necessary for us to all well to get all of us and to our kids and really as a whole society to a healthier place. One way to think about this is that our bodies do not count calories, they count nutrients. So if you can sort of shift your perspective a little bit, Our bodies don't count calories, they count nutrients. An example would be, you know, if you often feel you want to binge or you find yourself overeating on food often, although this often stems from emotional issues, it can also be from not getting the nutrients that your body needs. And if this is the case... If you have a low nutrient diet, like lots of processed foods, you know, packaged or boxed foods, or you eat a lot of sugar or fast food, restaurant food, your diet is most likely low in nutrients, and the body will send up signal after signal, thought after thought, hunger hor- hormone after hunger hormone to please eat more. I don't have the nutrients. I need to fully function. To optimally function, you need to eat more to get me those nutrients. So you will find yourself with craving after craving, overeating, and or binging episodes, or after eating a lot of food, not feeling satiated or full. It's like, you know, if you've ever had that experience where you eat a ton of food and you know you still don't feel full you could eat more and more these are all signs that you might be short on nutrients and this is where a calorie is not just a calorie you may be taking in lots and lots of calories but never feel full or satiated our appetites are there to get us to give nutrients to our brain and body and If we're not giving those things to our body, we will continuously want to eat. Now, if you're disciplined enough, you may be able to eat the junk and ride through all the cravings and the overeating signals the brain throws up. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode and then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation like 99 cents helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. If we are not giving those things to our brain and body, we will continuously want to eat. Now, if you're disciplined enough, you may be able to eat all the non-nutrient rich food and ride through all the cravings and the overeating signals the brain is throwing up to you. But for most of us, we eventually give in and or we spend our days, you know, just white knuckling through the urges to overeat, just using all our willpower we have, which which we maybe can pull it off, but it really leads to living a daily life of, you know, low energy, crabbiness, always thinking about food, never feeling satisfied, no ability to enjoy food. And who wants to live that way when there is so much more enjoyable and peaceful ways to live with food and just to live in general without having to think about it all the time? Another way you could think about this, instead of a simple calories in, calories out, is this term, satiety per calorie. I love this term because it points to that calories count; they matter, but it is because of the satiety level of the particular calorie. We we already have a really good data bank and way of rating satiety of a particular food, and you can just Google this satiety. Uh, satiety of foods. But satiety per calorie, if we are using it to relate to weight loss, would mean choosing foods with high satiety levels per calorie. So a food with low calories but high satiety levels would be awesome for weight loss. You wouldn't be taking in excess or high energy from the food because it would be low calories, but your body and brain would experience higher satiation levels from it. So it wouldn't keep sending you the signals to eat more. So it's kind of win-win. You would feel full and satisfied with less energy coming in. So you would be less likely to overeat and you have less energy coming in leading to weight loss. So eating foods like this over time would lead to a way of eating that creates satisfaction with food, less thoughts about food, and may even create that healthier relationship with food just by choosing to eat specific foods. So real quick, a few of the most satiety per calorie food in general would be, and now by the way, when I list these things, it is, I mean, there are other nuances, and I'm going to get into that. So it could be different for you as an individual, but in general, foods with high protein, fiber, and water tend to be very satiating and nutrient dense. In one study, um, they found that boiled potatoes, they are 223% more satisfying than white bread. And by the way, in that same study, croissants ranked in at 47%. So you know, that means you'd have to eat so many more calories just to get of croissants. You'd have to eat so many more croissants with lots and lots of calories just to get to that same satisfied level of eating one potato. So the idea here is if you're trying to lose weight, choosing foods high on the satiety index will probably um, create more satisfaction for you before you reach your caloric limit now for many of us we will keep eating after even after satiety but that of course gets into more emotional issues which we do talk about often in this podcast but if we take that out of the equation right now it does mean you could lose weight by eating more satiating foods in general foods ranked higher in the satiety index are unprocessed foods high protein foods and high fiber foods. Now, just one caveat there with the, you know, again, I just want to say this is all individual and unique. I know some people have a really, some people have a really hard time with a high fiber diet and actually does lead to overeating. And that gets more into the gut microbiome where there are some people who, you know, can't process high fiber foods. um, and, And because of that, they end up not satiated and very, very hungry. So, again. All those things are in in general. And so I've mentioned protein, but let's quickly talk about satiety and fat Um, just because you keto is all the rage these days and high fat this and all the things. So this does get a little bit more interesting. The relationship between fat and satiety, what we know right now tends to follow a U-shaped curve on a graph. And this means that We've, what we find is that low-fat foods are harder to overeat, okay? So low-fat foods are harder to overeat. Higher-fat foods, like eggs and cheese, are more satiating than those that are a combination of fat and carbs together. And foods that are a mix of carbs and fats, like cakes, donuts, ice cream, cookies, are the least satiating, okay? So it's it's like the um, low-fat foods are really tough to overeat, so they're a little bit more satiating. Higher-fat foods like eggs and cheese are a little more satiating than those like cakes, donuts, or ice cream, which are not satiating at all. That's why you can eat tons and tons of them. Now, how about you know the satiety index and total carbohydrates? So some people prefer a low-fat diet while others swear by low-carb to lose weight. The satiety index food data shows that high-carb, low-fat foods are hard to overconsume. So this would be like a potato. Low carb, high protein foods like fish and steak are satiating, but again, it's the high fat, high carb combination that is harder to resist. And again, these are things like most processed food, things that are, you know, boxed and bagged, and um, you guys know what processed foods are. By the way, you know, I do have an episode on food combining and time timing, which which speaks more to combining foods for satiation, you can check that out. It's episode 33, and the title is How to Implement Food Sequencing, Food Pairing, and Meal Timing to Lose Fat and Optimize Health. And again, just a reminder, I'm going to say it over and over, this is in general. It does not work like this for every single person. So satiety from a particular type of calorie is going to be different for each individual and we know this because we know now that for one person fat is incredibly satiating but for another individual it is not and we know for some people carbs are incredibly satiating that's me by the way and fat is not so this is just a little personal side note here but i came across uh my little journal entry um I came across it the other day when I was deleting a bunch of old notes in my phone. So I'm just going to read this to you. This note was entitled Food Journal Keto, and it was from February of 2018. February 2, started keto today. February 3, going okay, kind of sick to my stomach. February 4, can't go to the bathroom, hungry, up during the night last night. February 5, didn't sleep well. Tendinitis is back in wrist. Pain on right side of abdomen while sleeping. I am craving protein. February 6th. No motivation to lift. Tired. Have not felt full these past days. Racing thoughts. I don't think this is working. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I just thought that was funny. And just an example of how for me at this area or this time in my life, you know what everyone is saying I should be doing, high fat, low carb, does not work for me. I feel amazing with lots of complex carbs and low fat. Now, that doesn't mean this won't change. And it also doesn't mean that high fat, low carb is not right for you or maybe right for me again. It is so right for so many people. I have lots of clients who thrive on it. But the point is we are all different. And so and. And we can all be different at different times in our lives. So even satiety per calorie, we will most likely find is going to be different for each unique person. So some really interesting things to consider. Do calories matter? Yes. Are they the only thing that matter? Big, huge negative on that one. We really need to be shifting our paradigm around our thinking on this, really to help our society get out of this obesity metabolic disease epidemic. If we simply tell people and our kids calories in, calories out, and don't discuss and educate on all the nuances around this issue, many of which I did not even touch on, like how overactivity or overexercising can reduce metabolic rate and cause weight gain, even while consuming the same amount of calories... Um, that have allowed you to maintain your weight or even lose weight before, or how if our bodies are inflamed for whatever reason, we are not going to be burning energy efficiently, or how if we don't create healthy sleep hygiene habits, or if we're chronically stressed and don't learn to manage our stress, how all this halts weight loss no matter the calories in, calories out. Anyway, point being, I really want us to start seeing this as so much more than calories in, calories out. Not only for our own bodies to get healthy, but to help create healthier individuals um, and our kids, you know, everywhere within our society. Okay, so that was a lot, but I actually have more I wanted to talk about in using a new paradigm model of what's, you know, excess energy. You can call it excess energy paradigm model. And for this, You know, I just believe this new paradigm would help create a better understanding of health, weight, metabolic issues, as well as creating more practical tools. Again, you know me, I like every episode to include these practical tools that can be used based on this newer model um, of excess energy to include, you know, I want to include those practical tools in a way that can really be... Focused on how we can lose weight for good, but you know, for the rest of our lives. Optimize our own health as well as our children's health. Okay, but because this episode is running so long, I'm going to go into that in the next episode. So please stay tuned next week where I'll have a lot more practical strategies that you can take away and implement into your own life based on all this information. Thank you for listening and sharing this space with me. I do really enjoy the feedback many of you have given me through email. Um, You know, the good and the bad. I know that many of you are working on and with all these things, and it just makes me feel really good knowing that there's a community of us all in this together. So they say, if you keep listening now, you are going to get some more information on resources I offer. Uh, Stay tuned next week for the rest of this episode. Thanks again for listening and we will talk soon. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services.